Hey guys, welcome back to the happiest hour on earth. Thank you guys so much for all the love and support and listens on our last episode with Shannon Tabor, the tattoo artist. We had so much fun with that episode. So great. It was a blast having him on, and I'm yeah. sure you guys enjoyed it too. Next week, we're really excited because we also have another guest coming on, Riley on Main Street. Uh, probably lots of you guys follow her on Instagram. She's got a great page, lots of great Disney content. She's going to be joining us next week to chat about her page and her Disney love and all the details. And we are so excited to have her on. So be on the lookout for that one. Um, Tonight, we are chatting about the Disney mothers. Mothers. (laughs) Mother's Day is coming up on Sunday. And we just thought it was a great time to chat about all of the inspiration and everything that we've learned from the mothers in Disney and Pixar movies. We've got a little list here for you and we've got some fun stuff to chat about. So let's go ahead and jump on in. All right, so before we get started on our chat, let's talk about our snack that we made. Um, Oh yeah. We skipped the drink tonight because we just decided to go with wine, which is a mother's favorite. It is. At least speaking of myself. I'm a big wine guy. I think most mothers can relate. You love a a good glass of wine. So we're just going with wine tonight. Um, So that's that. But for the snack, we made a Nutella waffle crepe. Not crepe. Uh, Sorry. Nutella Nutella waffle. Nutella fruit waffle. Yes. I don't know where my brain just went. Yeah. um, So it's just a waffle with Nutella spread on there and a bunch of fruit. And it looks delicious. It's from Magic Kingdom at the, what was it called again? Sleepy Hollow Refreshments. Um, We did not have this when we were there in the park, but. We did get a waffle. Yeah. We did have. But yeah, not the. Oh, it was that. Okay, I I know what place you're talking about then. I do remember that. I do remember getting a waffle for breakfast one morning, but I guess they did have a fancier version of what we got. So we decided to make that for tonight because it just looked so delicious and like a dessert. So, yeah, it went pretty well. Yeah, let's let's give it a shot. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah, you can't go wrong with this combo. You really can't. This is mm. great. Okay, so that was so good. And the thing I love about Disney snacks is that there are certain snacks that you find at all the parks. Mm-hmm. And then there's some hidden gems like this. I don't believe you can get this in Disneyland. I've never seen this in Disneyland. Yeah, same with the cheeseburger spring rolls. Oh my gosh, yeah. the pizza spring rolls. Probably our favorite mm-hmm. snack, and I think we're due for... Another one. Making those again. I, I know. Th- guys, if you have not tried or made those like cheeseburger or pizza spring rolls, you got to do it because yeah. it is so They're delicious. so good. We made them for one episode. Well, we made one of each. Yeah. We made the pizza ones second secondary. And I ended up making them again after that, just like for the Super Bowl. Like That's for right, yeah. like, <laughs> when we watched the Super Bowl, I was like, oh. that was the perfect snack. Those were so good. They're so good. The like flakiness of the oh. spring roll, so great. It's but then so Disneyland good. has like a lot of fun things too, like Bengal barbecue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
Maurice's so Maurice's treats. Maurice's treats is always so great. Yeah, there's um, lots of them. There's a lot, but you know, you just, anywhere you go, there's going to be something new. Mm-hmm. And so let's hear it for the Disney snacks. That yes. Is, that is so great. That was good. With that, I think we'll jump in. We broke this down in different categories. Um, just kind of the different types of mothers that we see in Disney movies. And I know there's this kind of trope of, like, back then, like, there's no Disney moms. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the moms yeah, were not in existence. They either had passed um, or just were out of the picture. Um, or yeah. there was, like, an evil stepmother, you know, all this stuff. And so we were trying to dig into this a little bit. Why was that the case? Um, and, you know, we we saw a couple different things. There was something with, like, Walt Disney's, you know, mom passing a little bit prematurely. Yeah, um, a very tragic accident that happened. Apparently, Walt Disney bought them a new house, but there was like a a gas leak and and she got sick from that. Really, really sad. Um, And so people have put it on that. But honestly, that wasn't the case Um, because, you know, Snow White was made in the 30s before that happened with his mother in the 40s. And so what we really pinpointed it down to was that a lot of these Disney movies were adaptions from old fairy tales. Yeah, like folk tales back way before Disney. Way back in the day. So we got Snow White, right? No mother, evil stepmother. Cinderella, no mother, evil stepmother. Mm -hmm. Uh, Little Mermaid, no mother, um, evil lady and not stepmother. (laughs) Uh, Beauty and the Beast, uh, no mother, uh, Aladdin. He has a mother that you brought up in the musical, yeah. which is such a beautiful song. Mm-hmm. Or I guess she wasn't really in the picture at that time, yeah. but he he revered her so much. Uh, proud of proud your, boy. your boy. Listen to that song if you haven't so yet. Beautiful. It is so moving. It's from the Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was going to be in the actual film as well. It did get cut, unfortunately. Uh, the one we always think about, Bambi, right? Mm-hmm. So sad. Um, and these are all... Adaptions. Even Aladdin was a adaption from an Arabic fairy tale or folk tale back in the day. Bambi as well. And so I guess the real the real question is, I guess a lot of writers back then did that. What was going on in their lives? We don't really know. But I think what we discussed was that as you're trying to write this like coming of age story and like this battle through adversity to really kind of find your place and and be your own person. I guess a lot of the writers thought that like what greater um, adversity can one overcome than the loss of a parent, especially a mother, um, a motherly figure who is supposed to, you know, be there for you. And then, you know, we also get the, the introductions of some evil stepmothers who, you know, having a Mm -hmm. mother like figure who doesn't do that for you, but then still overcoming that, triumph and and i think that's why a lot of the writers back then did that mm-hmm. um was that it was just an easy way to kind of feel something that like wow i can't believe they got through this without a motherly figure i yeah. think that's like maybe the point I, that they were portraying yeah back then. it makes the most sense i mean the most pivotal moment that a person could face is you know the loss of a parent like especially if you're really young um and i think maybe yeah maybe a lot of those people writing those stories had faced that themselves and maybe it was part of their story so it just 
came out in their writings or something. But yeah, yeah it's it's crazy how many of those movies had no no mother. I like yeah. it's something I never comprehended back when I watched them when I was young. But now it's like, wow, yeah, like they were There's just out of the picture. So many of the stories. Um, yeah. And also another one, too, is we were trying to think of, like, why was there this, like, stereotype of an evil stepmother? Um, I We both talk about this. You know, we know stepmothers, stepfathers, all this stuff. And those should be praised um, mm. because it's, it's you know, someone coming in, taking care and, and loving those new family members. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just the reason why it was back then is that I think one thing that we came up with was that um, back then there was a lot of like marrying into wealth, marrying into um, land or property and things like that. Rather um, than for for love. True love. Being the, the reason for a marriage. Yeah. And so we think that trope was kind of put there, right? Like Cinderella, um, her mom died and the father found this other lady and she got, you know, that big house and some land and all that stuff once he died. Um, and so it's like it was someone of, to inherit that land or property or money when the man goes right. Yeah, and so and I think a lot of the the stepmothers have that like bad intention of like marrying just to get something, and then that back then, juxtaposing, like in the story, yeah, in the we're story, not putting that on yeah, yeah. anyone nowadays. It's just in those stories in these movies. That kind of seemed to be the common theme. Yeah. Like a lot of them did not have pure intentions in marrying into a family. And I think they did that because um, then you get this big shift with the stepmothers marrying for that. But then that stepdaughter finding true love, right? True love was a, a theme in a lot of those movies. So it was mm-hmm. like, while the old generation was all about class systems and things like that, um, I'm going to find my true love and this prince isn't going to care that I'm a, you know, just a normal person mm-hmm. um, because it's really the love that's there. It's, it's, he doesn't care about the land. I don't care about the land, all this stuff. That was a big theme back in the day. Um, and so I think that's why they brought in that evil stepmother stereotype, which um, I would not want to see anymore because we should celebrate, you know, the step. Uh, parents, uh, definitely. And we do see in Tangled, there is that she's not a stepmother. She's just an evil witch who <laughs> grabbed a yeah. hold of this girl. And her mother and her father are still alive. Yes. We get that with Sleeping Beauty, same, too. Yeah, same with Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. They, just the the uh, honorary mothers honorary that came mothers, in were yeah. the fairies who kind of raised her into... I would say adulthood, but she was 16, so not exactly adulthood. She, they tried her be- their best. Yeah. It was a great lesson in and of itself. Exactly, like, yeah. She, she got to 16, and then she was considered an adult, and she could go off and get married. But, yeah, yeah it's very interesting. Very, very interesting how they kind of brought that in with, you know, like other people raising a lot of these young princesses in yeah. those movies. For sure. Next, we're going to chat about some of the motherly figures who were a part of these stories who were not like blood mothers, but like I was just saying with the fairy godmothers just kind of helped to raise the young in the movies. So first we were chatting about Nani from Lilo and Stitch. She's the older sister who obviously their parents 
passed away. I don't think they really get into that in the, the movie, but she obviously takes over and raises Lilo. Um, we have oh, I was just going to say, I love um, the character development of Nani too. That yeah. like, she isn't the, she's not perfect from the get go, right? Like she's got a lot of, she has some, she has of, some things she has to work out. Range. I mean, yeah. And as you would as a sibling of yeah. a younger, you know, yeah, she had daughter. no say yeah. in, you know, what happened. Like she, you know, it was put on her at a young age to raise her younger sister. So of course she's learning as she goes. Right. Yeah. And it's cool kind of seeing her kind of navigate that space. And then at the end, she just is such a great like legal guardian Mm-hmm. motherly figure for yeah. Lilo. Yeah, it's true. It's she does a great job. Also, Kala, the best motherly figure from Tarzan. I was going to say that too, yeah. She's the best. I mean, for being a gorilla, she yeah. did a great job raising a young human boy. Um, so, so special. I love that movie and that relationship between her and Tarzan is like, one of the sweetest things and yeah. you'll be in my heart is my yeah. song. And I think it really just shows like the power that there is in like adoption, mm-hmm. right? Like obviously a gorilla is not going to adopt a human. Being. Yeah. But it was a great way just to. Just a depiction of the adoption of a child. You yeah. Know? And how that bond can still be there, even though they're not like blood related. Right. Yeah. It was. Kala is just amazing. How much she fought for Tarzan, especially after oh. she lost her own son, which is yeah. really, really tough. And her heart goes out to anyone who has lost, um, you know, prematurely or, or you know, after the fact. Um, really, really tough. We know mm-hmm. some people uh, who have gone that through that as well. Um, and so, you know, that's really heartwarming. Um, yeah story to see it's really beautiful Kala. how they portray that in that movie yeah for oh kind gosh. of Kala is just yeah that oh my gosh the scene where like um Kerchak had just like freaked out on tarzan and he ran away and he was like covering his face in mud and he was like trying to look like a gorilla and then she came to him and just like comforted mm. him is like one of the most sentimental moments in a yeah. disney movie ever like i, I always hands. cry I yeah knows. yeah Oh, yeah, that is a beautiful scene. So it's, we love so Kala. Kala, you're She's amazing. great. Yeah. Um, we also talked about Wendy from Peter Pan. She's not a mother. She's very young, so she's not a mother. But <laughs> she kind of becomes a motherly figure to the Lost Boys because none of them can even remember their mothers, which we don't really understand why that is. But yeah. for whatever reason, they don't know their own mothers. And so she... As we all know, your mother and mine, the song that she sings to them, she just kind of becomes that figure for them. And they're all like, like, yeah. I want to see my mother. Like, it's very sweet. So she's she's a great motherly yeah. figure. I like how um, I feel like the Lost Boys are so like stuck in their ways for so much of the movie. Like all they want to do. Is have fun, adventure, <laughs> do all this stuff where they're little animal onesies, you know, <laughs> go about their business. Um, yeah. Just like, come on, rambunctious, let's just go. Mm-hmm. And then they're able to like see the necessity of a mother in their lives. Um, yep. Even when they have the whole world to like kind of own and, and 
run around with. Yeah. Um, but Wendy yeah, takes that mantle really Shows well. the importance of a mother in a little child's life. Yeah. And then, oh, and then we already talked about the three fairies. Yeah. Which I guess we covered is, that one. I guess I, I kind of like the whole fact that, yeah, like I said earlier, um, they have no idea what they're doing. <laughs> just like almost every parent, right? Yeah. Like we have no idea what we're doing with our son. And they, just they kind couldn't of rely on work. their magic while they were raising her. They had to hide all their little wands so that she didn't know that they were magical fairies. And yeah. they had to just raise her from babyhood into teenagehood. Which is which is crazy because if I had magic, I would definitely be using that magic to help yes, raise I would. son. Yep, that um, would be very handy on a daily basis. Oh, yeah. I mean, technically, up. they were afraid... A Maleficent finding. So I guess if there was a greater threat, I wouldn't use it. But yeah, if there was no threat, oh come on, let's use some magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah we I need would. some magic in our. In our I'd definitely be using that to help me out every day. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the next type of mother that we see, and and kind of as you could see, there's there's kind of this transition, uh, throughout the eras of Disney movies. And yes, sometimes it will kind of kind of dip back into something else, but. I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of times we see no mother earlier on, um, although we do get a lot of motherly figures early on. We get Jumbo from Dumbo. <laughs> Dumbo. Jumbo from Dumbo. <laughs> um, but then it kind of, uh, we have some other ones that come through. And then we also, um, you know, we go back to more folk tales, right? With like Little Mermaid yeah. and Beauty and the Beast where they don't have mother. So there is kind of a, I think the the trajectory is, to go towards this type of mother that is trying to um, be better and 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 understand their kid a little bit. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But mm-hmm. the next type of mother that we have here is the single moms or like the widowed moms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and I'm glad that there is some representation of these types of moms in the Disney films. Um, the first one that came to mind actually when we were talking was Andy's mom. Uh, mm-hmm. We never see her husband, yet she's such a powerful force throughout Andy and Molly's life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we you see, see her. Toy yep. Story 1 and 2, and then we flash forward, and, and Andy's in college, and she's still there holding down the fort, and that's just really cool to see. Mm-hmm. She actually never met anyone in that time. She was yeah. just like, you know what, I'm going to raise these kids. Um, and, you know, she took on so much, and so it's just cool to see that representation of someone who we don't know if she's widowed or if she's yeah, single or there's what. There's no story behind no it. You never hear anything about where Andy's dad is. Yeah. But it's just inspiring though. Like yeah. seeing that for sure. Um, like I just mentioned Jumbo. Mm-hmm. There's no dad elephant in there, but she <laughs> is kind of the Jumbo. I love, why did they have to call it Jumbo? Jumbo just, I know. <laughs> Kind of a very well, unflattering name. I guess if Dumbo name. and Jumbo. Oh, man, both of them are so mean. Oh, but I know. Yeah. I know. But she, you know what? She is so protective and caring. And the, I mean, that one is really hard watch for both of us. Like, we oh, don't yeah. do it too much. But at the end, when they get to be reunited, she has just been fighting for him the entire mm-hmm. time. But she just has that special bond with um, with mm-hmm. Dumbo. And it's just very sweet to see. Um, Adora. I, I hope I'm saying that right. Eudora. Eudora. Yeah, Eudora. Yes. Um, awesome, uh, awesome from, motherly figure from yes, Princess and the Frog. So Tiana's mom. Know her name. Um, really, really sad. I remember that that first beginning and and really connecting to the father in that figure in that movie, uh, Tiana's father. How he, I just remember that part where he's gumbo. just 
Well, the gumbo, yeah, but then you see there's one part where he's like sitting down and he's all just tired and just kind of like rubbing his head. And then she enters the room and he just kind of shakes it off and is like, hey, Tiana. And just the fact that he like went through so much and, um, you know, he was probably dealing with a lot of pain and all this stuff. And and um, just kind of being present for his child really speaks to me. Um, And then he does pass. And then Eudora, um, you know, takes on that that single mom life and just consistently pushes uh, Tiana towards her dream, but also yeah. like pushes her to like. I think sometimes she's like, right? Isn't she like, you have to, you have yeah. to go out and have some fun and yeah, all this stuff. So yeah. She's trying to like balance that as well. Um, yeah, she's but, just pushing her to be her best, basically. Like, don't just focus all on how you're going to succeed. Like, make sure you're having fun and enjoying yourself too along the way. Yeah, which is a great, you know, great encouraging thing for a mom to say to her child yeah and it's kind of goes back to like the whole um kind of the dynamics of a family right her dad was very much like you know you could do anything if you put your mind to it and so she was like so strong on that there Mm -hmm. is a balance that you have to have in parenthood and you're never going to get that balance right but you should strive towards that Mm -hmm. um we also have sarabi who um, becomes you know, a widow. Becomes a widow because of, Mufasa. Because of well, because of Scar. Yeah. Stupid Scar. Exactly. Yeah, he's uh, the worst. Great villain, but terrible brother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uncle. and uncle. Yeah. Um, crazy. And so she. I mean. You don't really see much really of what see, happens yeah. after Simba leaves. Like you know that she sticks around there, and he, she's probably just destroyed because her man and her son were gone in the same day one died or she was told that both died yeah so all that she knew is they're gone and yeah and even though scar like took the throne like she still wasn't like dealing with his crap which is yeah she stayed strong she didn't like cower to his you know his crazy self i don't even know what to call him (laughs) he was the worst but yeah, I mean, she was very strong, and yeah. um, and seeing that that reunion between Simba yeah, and her at when the he end, comes back um, is so very special. It's so sweet. Yeah. And, you know, I wish we would see more of. You I think know, her you see more of it in the um, live action of Simba, like like they show uh, some scenes where like Nala and Sarabi are still holding right. down the fort. Yes, I feel that's like true. which was cool, and to she see. was almost kind of pushing um nala to go out and you know try to find help yeah Yeah, that's true yeah yeah i I like how they did that in in that version of the movie yeah that was a great one i want to rewatch that one actually yeah 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 same here um Uh, yeah yeah. so moving on we're gonna chat about where things went at this point which we feel like it kind of turned into a lot of like mother child conflict like there were a lot of fights and just um fights and like reconciliation yeah Yeah, well i was getting to that like like how it led to where you know they would reconcile but definitely a lot of like childhood rebellion kind of and trying to like figure out who they are and that kind of thing and mother trying to control things and you know throughout the course of the movie they come back together a lot of the time but in this we have inside out which is 
Pixar. Um, and, and this is interesting because that doesn't actually go like most, I feel like, are what you said, right? There's this kind of like trying to find their own person. But Inside Out really stems from like the lack of communication of because like. Because of her emotions being yeah. out of whack because of what happens in the movie. But yeah. Yeah, yeah, the move, exactly. It was kind of what just totally threw her off. Riley, mm-hmm. that's her name. Uh, I was like, I blanked on her name for some <laughs> reason. Um, but yeah, I love how they portray that relationship. I mean, it's mostly, it's not really focused on one parent or the other. It's, yeah. very, it's very focused on both of them. But um it is interesting just to see how that kind of happens in that movie, how she's like very withdrawn and lashes out at them and stuff. And then just to mm-hmm. see how at the end they, you know, they have that moment where they reconcile and it's just so sweet. Yeah. I love that. It it takes like that one memory of her with the joy because mm-hmm. because of the sadness that she felt that she was brought that joy. And I love the scene when she, finally breaks down to her parents and like shows her emotions and that sadness that she's dealing with, with the move. And then as they're hugging, she like lets out a little smile mm-hmm. and like, that is what it's all about. That is, that was done so yeah. well that like, we have to be very transparent in our feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I love that both of the parents come together and, and really comfort her. And it's just, it's awesome. Yeah. It's I love cool. that scene and that whole movie. It's just done so well. It's so beautifully done yeah so great. <laughs> um, we also have brave which is obviously centered around the mother-daughter relationship um and yeah the way that they um they kind of show how merida's mother just wants her to like find her man and find her feminine side and mm-hmm. just kind of become the queen that she'll be one day and it's just like nothing that interests Merida at all. And just to see how Merida, you know, finds her way kind of on her own, but then realizes the importance of her mother in her life Mm -hmm. and like almost losing her is like devastating. And then when they finally get to reunite and she's back to her old self, it's just so special. Yeah. It's like they both learn a lot through that process of her becoming a bear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as I so said interesting. That, I was like, that is such a <laughs> It sounds so funny to say, she, but... When she was turning into a bear, they really grew as humans. Yeah. <laughs> it was just incredible. Um, it's so done great. so well, though. That's a great, great um, depiction of a mother-daughter relationship. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then we also have Coco, which also isn't totally focused on any mother-child it's kind yeah, of it's like kind mother, of a generational, mother, mother. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like which is, which yeah, is crazy. grandmother and great grandmother of Miguel is kind of like yeah. the progression, yeah. but just yeah, like well, a grandmother and great great grandmother, right? Because Coco is technically his. Imelda. Oh yeah! yeah oh yeah! yeah. So you're right. That, you're right. I was. <laughs> I was wrong. Coco is even more generation. Amazing. Yes. Oh my gosh, that family dynamic is so crazy to watch um unfold in that movie i love it so much um just seeing how the um yeah like how she was so staunch on like no music like nothing and then her daughter 
or her daughter was Coco, so yeah. she, you know, <laughs> she missed her father. And at some point when her memory was gone, she had no way to communicate that she wanted that. Yeah. It was almost as if granddaughter of Imelda, mm-hmm. who was the abuela, mm-hmm. um, was like even more staunch with her with her grandmother. She saw her grandmother, you know, the the destruction, quote unquote, that, that uh, Hector her, yeah. brought upon her and was like, I will never allow music in my family. Where Coco must have just kind of stayed silent and was like, hmm, you know, like I do remember so many amazing things about my father. Yeah. And then that comes back at in in the end and it's just. Yeah, because she had no say in it because she just. She didn't remember what had happened at that point. So she couldn't be like, no, music is not the evil here. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, and she she just had to kind of take whatever her daughter let her have at that point. But just to see the reconciliation once again that comes about when Miguel plays the song that Coco knows and they all can finally realize like, how much the music heals them yeah. and her specifically. It's just, Oh my gosh. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, It is. It is so good. That is such a great film. Um, yeah. And I think one of the, I don't know. I mean, Pixar has always been great, but I mean, Coco was like top notch Pixar and the ones that have come out after that still really great. But I think Coco was really that like, yeah it's like one of the last ones that just had so much like so much heart man, yeah you know yeah I, I feel it gets um, me every single time with that scene oh yeah it's it's beautiful um should i jump in yeah you can jump oh, yeah. in this is a long this this list is pretty long because there was a lot of these yeah <laughs> and i feel like a lot of them are kind of going um going this way for sure yeah um in canto i think this was very very interesting also deals with a grandmother and abuela i think it's cool that she had some tragic story that she was very bitter and closed up about. Mm-hmm. And it took them being by the river and her explaining that story to realize what she did to harm the family, right? Like her mm-hmm. expectations for every single person of her family were so high mm-hmm. um, because she just wanted to like guard the magic that was there. And she had this like goal in mind. She was like, we have to do everything to like make this, you know, perfect. Um, that she overlooked, you know, just the 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 blessing that family is. And I, you know, we only saw this once, so you know, mm-hmm. and it was a while back. So I'm trying to remember every single detail of it. But I do love that the abuelas saw her mistake in her ways, and that they reconciled. And that um, that last song, all of you. Um, I think it's called, and everyone just kind of like celebrating Mir- Mirabelle for who she is. Mm-hmm. And she's walking down that line to the house um, and everyone's just like talking about how amazing she is. It's just such a special moment. Um, and yeah. she's given the doorknob, even though she was never like allowed the doorknob. And it was because of the doorknob that like, you know, had the house come back. Was it? I'm trying to remember it. <laughs> if it was broken or not, but the, the doorknob was very important and yeah. she was given it that and it was awesome. Yeah. Super cool. Um, but then after that, we get Turning Red, which is another one of reconciliation. And we also only saw this once. It's really about like the mom learning to come to grips that her 
daughter is a very different person than her mm-hmm. and coming to you know the realization that um, we are different yeah expectations aren't always going to be lived up to but that's not quite right because that you know it's not exactly about that it's more just that your expectations for your child are not always going to turn out how you think they will yeah and um i think that's kind of what that story is about her having to just learn that like she wants something different for herself than what i envisioned for her and that's okay yeah exactly that's pretty much what i got from it yeah for sure and although we like turning red there were i think i think some other movies handled that situation um a little bit better in our minds mm-hmm. that's just us um yeah. i know there are some huge turning red lovers out there and that's awesome that you love it i just feel like other Pixar movies have done it better and had a little more heart a little bit it um, just it didn't feel very pixar to me it felt very like dreamworksy or something like it was just it just didn't feel the same as a lot of the other ones did um and there's a lot of movies in pixar and disney that deal with parent relationships with their kids and i just feel like that one just left me feeling kind of like cold you know like it just didn't really like resolve in a way that felt right to me i don't know i don't know how to explain it it was i mean it was fine and i'm sorry for anyone that loves it i'm not trying to like rail on it but yeah that was just kind of how i felt after watching it yeah and i mean you guys could totally disagree that's that's totally fine um we enjoyed it but yeah it was you know it was it was just not my favorite (laughs) (laughs) if you hate us now i'm so sorry. sorry i'm so sorry we're all entitled to our own opinions and our own thoughts on movies because yes. there's going to be some movies that we love that you guys probably hate. Yeah. Um, and oh, you know what? And that's fine. And, yeah, we don't even hate it, but we're just, you know, we're just kind of <laughs> but we have one more notable mentions. Uh, yeah. Do you want to start us off? Yeah, we're, we're just kind, kind of, of going to, we just thought of, of some other though. moms that didn't really have any like specific category to go into, but we're just very notable moms in Disney and Pixar movies. So sure. first is Up, and this is a hard one to even talk about because it's so emotional and she's out of the picture so quickly in the movie. But Ellie, as we all know, is a mother that deals with loss of a child, and we kind of touched on this in the beginning a little bit. But before her child is even born, she deals with the loss, and you see this intensely emotional scene that whole first five minutes but specifically that part where she miscarries and then you know she and Carl have to kind of live with that and pick themselves back up and you know keep living their life it's so so hard to watch and so emotional but um it's it's also just beautifully done and I love it and (laughs) Yeah, I don't even, yeah, it's hard. You to know, you to know, say. yeah, we know people who've gone through that. A lot of people go through that and our hearts are with you. Um, mm-hmm. If you ever had to experience that. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's, be just, the hardest it's really tough. And and I think that uh, Pixar really did that in a very um, gentle and loving way. Yeah. With no words to. Yeah. No words at all. It's 
that entire scene, you just see what's happening without any words and you can see exactly what happened and feel exactly what they're feeling. Yeah. I think it was done in such a great way that um, people who have gone through that experience can um, just kind of be comforted that, you know, there are other people who have dealt with that. And then also those people who haven't experienced that um, can sympathize and empathize with those situations as well. Mm -hmm. Um, We also have Helen Parr from The Incredibles. She's a great mom. Um, She is one of those like go-getter moms, like both being a super and a stay-at-home mom kind of simultaneously. (laughs) She's got a lot under her belt, but she's very inspiring to see for moms. that maybe are in the same circumstances, not being a super, obviously, but I guess we're all kind of super moms. Mom moms yeah. are kind of super. Any mom in that you are, right? if you're a working mom, <laughs> if you're a stay-at-home mom, like you are, like every mom is amazing. Props <laughs> to the moms because you guys have a way harder job <laughs> than us fathers. I mean, um, we've both got a big job on our hands, yeah. but. Let's just hear it for the mothers. If you're listening right now, just (laughs) give up a round for the mothers. Come on, happy mothers. Yeah. Um, Thank you. So we had two more here. Winifred, who is in Mm -hmm. Mary Poppins. She's that, she's also a go-getter mom, but she's Mm -hmm. like the she's like the progressive, progressive. (laughs) like I have to make my voice heard, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, and she goes out and she like, you know, protests for what she believes in and um and Mm -hmm. super cool. To see her out there just doing her thing. I just, yeah. she has such a, I, I'm laughing because she has such a funny, like, disposition about her. Yeah. Like, like her, her voice and her, yeah. just, like, yeah. excited she's nature so about peppy. her. Yeah, she's, she's so just, peppy. Her, her excitement um, is infectious for sure in that movie. She's yeah. very, very passionate about what she's out there doing, which is so great. Yeah. And so you don't, yeah, I guess she doesn't really have, like, a job job. And so that's kind of like her calling. Yeah. Um, and so she takes some time to mm-hmm. do that. She also is with the kids, you know, sometimes when Mary is not there. But um, <laughs> yeah. I guess Mary could have been almost like a mother. Yeah, she's kind of a mother figure. She's um, a nanny, which, you know, hey, props to the nannies out there, too. The I did it for yeah. 12 years. I, I totally am there. <laughs> kind yeah. of our secondary mom, too. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then another one we wanted to discuss um mary darling from uh peter pan mm-hmm. such a great, great way to sweet mother who really cultivated the imagination of her kids i mean there was i mean yeah as the father came in and you know always tried to like okay we have things harsh, to do i have yeah. to go to a work event i have to do all this like she always saw their imagination as something to be treasured the other thing we talked about is how she was like a very good mediator between um, the kids and the father as well. Yeah. Like the father was just this like crazy, like stressed out, <laughs> at least in the scene that we saw where yeah. like, and she just kind of like did a good job to. She supported of- him. Like she didn't want to turn her kids against him, but she, you know, she tried to be in her kid's corner too. And, you know, she understood their imagination and their, their playfulness, you know, yeah. She did a great job of, in that moment, being being the mediator, like yeah. you said. 
Uh, yeah, I love it. Um, there are obviously going to be some things that we missed, some moms that we missed. Lots of moms Sorry, in moms. these movies, yeah. Um, lots of moms, but I just want to give it up. First off, to this lady right here, Emily, Aww. who's been a mom for almost two years. Yeah. Uh, happy Mother's Day to you. Thank so you. exciting to my own mom and to your mom. Mm-hmm. Happy Mother's Day. To all the moms listening and to all the moms of those who are listening, Happy Mother's Day to you yes, all. Yes, happy Mother's Day. You so are to exciting. be celebrated. Yes. Today and best. every day. Let's hear it for those moms. You guys, Thank you. you ladies are so amazing. <laughs> you deserve all the compliments, the praise today. Soak it up. Um, <laughs> you are great. And so thank you so much again for listening to this episode Next week, like we said, like Emily said, we got Riley on Main Street on. We're going to be talking about some crazy things. Also, her like collab with Park Up Tees, which you are wearing right now. You're wearing a Park Up Tees. I am. And we can't wait to get the one, at least at least one of the new shirts that Riley came out with with park hop tees oh yeah happy is 15 if you guys are listening and want some shirts 15 percent off so go ahead buy like 10 shirts they dropped so off. many new ones recently um i mean within the last couple months they've dropped a ton but within the last like two weeks there's so many that i want and I i'm super stoked they're to get so them. amazing yeah so use our code go check out park hop tees yes uh, they are so great. The Star Wars one, I need to get two. So you gotta get the Star Wars, the Riley, yeah. and then we'll be, well, and then a couple more, and then we'll be set. Yeah, um, there's a lot. <laughs> there's so many. It's overwhelming, actually. It's so fun. But anyways, thank you guys again so much for listening. Subscribe on YouTube if you aren't already. Follow us on your podcast platforms that you're listening mm-hmm. to. Listen to Because next week we are going to have Riley on, and we will see you guys then. So have a great one. We'll see ya. Bye, guys. Bye.